Alright, welcome to the podcast. You're here with Tim and... And Andrew. Hello, welcome. So nice to have you here. Welcome to another episode. <laughs> um, so, Andrew, how yeah. are you? You doing well? I am, thank you. Yeah, sun shining, beautiful day. We're trying to remember what it's like to be warm again. As hot as balls. <laughs> <laughs> Surely that depends on the balls, Tim. No, thanks for coming in. Um, appreciate having you here. <laughs> I was in the neighbourhood um, in that this is being recorded in my kitchen. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, and onto my podcast. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, no, it's, it's a pleasure. So... We uh, we haven't got really any plans to what we're going to talk about. I thought we'd just wing it. Yeah. What could go wrong? Mm. So. <laughs> Thanks you, for coming. You find, it, you find it surprising, like, talking of winging this kind of stuff. Like, when you can do that kind of thing, when you talk to other people about coming up with stuff to talk about on the fly, it's almost like you've asked them to, like, kill a family member. Oh, it's the worst thing ever. Just, you just see the fear in their eyes, like, the, the blood drains from their face. I find that, that I default to comedy, unless it's... Yeah. Unless it's been prepped. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll try not to do that. Try to. I want to <laughs> help people through this. So. Okay. I'm trying to come up with something deep and impactful. Mm. So uh, let's let's talk about you. Okay. Let's start with you. All right. Okay. So this is exciting. I want to I want to kind of lead into uh, questions about career and what to do with your life and mm-hmm. what gives you purpose and meaning and identity and fulfillment. Uh-huh. But we'll get there by kind of going through the road that you've taken. All right. Um, to come to the place that you are now, which How I think exciting. I believe you're happy with. I am. I am actually. No, that's that's a fair observation. I'm very happy, in fact. So tell me about um, tell me about the the journey mm. um, that took you to the Andrew that is everyone's favorite person <laughs> today. Yeah, a lot a lot of people's nine out of ten people's. Um, there are those who are violently opposed, but we don't talk to those people. It's fine. I've never met anyone. So <laughs> I'm just going off. Line. Oh, my reality. <gasps> true, true. Probably because the people who don't like me wouldn't like you, right? Good point. That could well, be maybe, one of those. Yeah, I mean, we, maybe we just don't have any friends. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody in this room loves us right now. I can say that for sure. Um, gosh, the journey. Where to start? I don't know, man. Um, what, you're talking in terms of work and that kind of thing? Yeah, sure. I mean, uh, yeah, and character and kind of person you are. Like, what, to Tell me about what you were like when you were at school. Oh man, I was a mess when I was at school. I was a train wreck, far out. Uh, so nothing's really changed. Yeah, exactly. I try to be consistent. That's the that's the key to success, guys. Just just pick a course and stay with it, no matter how damaging it might be. Um, I think if the presidential elections have taught us anything, um, I knew you'd go there. No, no matter which side of the fence you're on, just just pick a course. Right, I'm going to bring you back. So okay. you're a teenager. What, yep. what does that end? What does that Ooh, Andrew look like? That Andrew, gosh, um, very insecure. Very insecure. Um, I think uh, my school wasn't... Well, I mean, you know, if you did well academically, that was kind of cool. But at the same time, being in the first 15 was where it was at. And that was never going to happen. Uh, you know, when you're, what, like, six foot tall and you weigh about, like, 60 kilos or something. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. Confidence is a funny thing. Like, I've, it's actually something I've probably devoted um, a fair amount of time to over the years. Because it seems to be the kind of thing that... Um, everybody wants, um, but seems to be very elusive for people. Uh, and you find if you just decide yourself, I'll be more confident, that doesn't really do it. Um, and then there are those who kind of go down a journey of kind of just talking themselves up and saying, I'm the man, I'm the, or the woman, you know, uh, I'm the best, I'm the greatest, whatever. And that can have a measure of success, I think. But then those are also the people that, um, when they're slighted or, you know, when they're crossed in any way, um, 
their wrath is terrible you know they just explode at people who are you how dare you who do you think you are um and to me that that's not an expression of, of real confidence either so um i guess for me the things i've boiled it down to uh on the one hand is that you do you know that the people that you hang out with are are really important um and this is actually something i've just been more aware of in the last little while because one perspective on confidence is people say well you know you don't care what anybody else thinks um you know you just do what you want you just don't care what anybody else thinks at all sure um but i think you know speaking from my own perspective if you have a core of people who you know you can trust and rely on um that trust and reliance is so natural you don't even feel yourself doing it or at least i don't and you know when i consider um who some of my closest friends are uh, I, I don't even have to think about whether or not they've got my back or not. Uh, I don't really wonder whether or not um, you know we enjoy hanging out or that they're going to stab me in the back or anything like that. So having that kind of um, foundation, I suppose, uh, something like that to lean on, um, does provide a measure of confidence. Mm. And a lot of the reading I've done lately because of the work that I do, which is around training and recruitment and that sort of thing, um, has reinforced the importance of community uh, in shaping who we are so all to say that really taking a look at the the people you're hanging out with um i used to think that's like oh no it doesn't matter if you just kind of you know get this sense of confidence that says oh you know i don't i don't care what anybody else thinks um i've i guess been humbled enough to realize that if i lost that support network i'd probably suddenly find how insecure i probably could still be um but hopefully realizing that means I, i'd look after the relationships that i've got Okay. Um, so, so that's one part of it. So for, um, you know, speaking now to a 17-year-old mm. who's feeling really insecure yeah, um, and who doesn't have the kind of status at, at school that, that sure. they think, you know, would, would where that gives them that kind of identity that they're mm. looking for. Mm. Um, so you're saying that they should reach out for a, a different support network or? Yeah. I mean, look, if you can get involved in something outside of that, that school bubble that starts to speak to... Um, Look, the risk of getting too deep on it. Now, we've all got questions about, you know, do I matter? Am I significant? Um, does anybody love me? Uh, particularly for guys, you know, nobody wants to wants to really admit, oh, it's important to know that people love me. It's like, oh, no, I want to be respected. I want people to think I'm cool. I want them to think I'm an achiever or something like that. But, you know, we do need that kind of emotional reinforcement as well. Uh, and if you're not getting that from a school environment, which, to be honest, most of us don't, uh, or at least I didn't, um, it's in discovering a network where you can receive that. And sometimes that's about finding other people with like-minded interests as yourself. Um, you know, it could be sports sports clubs, it could be hobbies or interest groups or anything like that that you're a part of. Um, I mean, look, in my case, I would say that um, being involved in, uh, in church actually started to change that for me, but kind of more positively engaged. Like, because I went to church for years and hated it uh, and then just kind of switched off. And then I, I just went to church to, so I could smoke in the car park. Um, so that probably won't help you as much. Um, but when I actively got involved and, you know, you just suddenly start to get the sense of these people around you who, even if you don't know them too personally, you get the broad sense that people believe in you and, you know, think that, hey, yeah, something, something positive could come from your life. Uh, that starts to seep in, you know. Um, and I, I guess, again, for me, that's something I'd be more aware of and thinking, gosh, that probably had a bigger impact than I thought because, to me, the other half of, of confidence is is finding a, a grounding in your self-worth that isn't determined by your performance. Mm. Uh, you know, it's, it's recognizing that your life has value uh, independent of 
you know what you've done what you've been through what you could do and that is although it's uh it's very true and transformative and powerful it's also quite countercultural to a lot of what our uh, society is about you know it's um if you, i can just press on that a little bit more okay um <clears throat> you're talking about getting value for you know having value intrinsically mm. why why do you have value outside of the things that you do sure um well look this is i guess the question you have to ask but beneath that if i was to go deeper on it was to say um is there anything more to life than just just kind of the natural world you know if you just say we are literally just a bunch of atoms and you know uh you know however many billion years ago we crawled out of the group and 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 look here we are and you know sure we won the evolutionary battle uh, and now we're burning our house down, but that's a different story altogether. <laughs> um, you know, then then certainly in that case, all you are is the things that you've done, you know, what you can contribute to the tribe, uh, you know, your propagation of, of the species and, and all that kind of thing. You know, your success is very much determined by what you do. Um, but if you do believe that there is a spiritual element to life, and look, I'm not going to go into the details of which spiritual kind of element that would be right now, but... If you just accept that there must be more than just what I see with my eyes, you know, the, the things that I feel when I see injustice, uh, the things that I feel when I'm around those who I love and love me, um, those kind of things speak to something kind of transcendent. Uh, and if that's true, um, then that starts to speak to the significance and the value of every individual that says that even if you can't do air quotes doesn't really work in a podcast um (laughs) you can't really do anything um your life still has value uh your life still has importance and can have meaning and can have purpose um just because of your interactions with other people so that to me is that i guess that spiritual element is what suggests most strongly um that there is worth and meaning beyond just the things that we do um because without that then certainly you are just the things that you do and if one person can do more than you they're worth more than you are and if you can't do whatever it might be and it could even be a goal that you've set for yourself you'll suddenly feel completely worthless because all i am is what i can do mm-hmm. so when you were younger did you feel like that was the case that what you could contribute was your um, value to the world <laughs> i don't know if i would have thought it quite that articulately um i think we all have a sense of whether or not we measure up or not um you know i mean i guess the way i've tried to explain it is a way of outlining what that journey is really about but i think we all have a sense of do i measure up based on what i feel like the expectations are around me um so you know it can be you know am i as athletic as everybody else uh am i as academic as everybody else am i uh you know as good looking as everybody else am i all sorts of different things and we just start to notice that certain people who are better at certain areas are more respected are more esteemed um Mm. that's kind of the natural way that we work um but there is something to be said for recognizing that we have more value than that of course when you're at high school and you're surrounded by a bunch of teenagers uh you know you really are just a raging mess of uh you know hormones and dna and and you know all this kind of stuff learning how to (laughs) keep your own thoughts in check right so you tend to default to that kind of stuff I guess I'm just interested in how um, how you made the transition from someone who was insecure and mm. felt like you didn't measure up, felt yep. like you know you didn't mm-hmm. have in value, to moving 
to being someone you know who's uh, confident, who's sure. outspoken, who's mm, mm. you know like uh, who's got a good idea of why he's here and what he's about. Mm. Um, I'm interested in that process, and if you could replicate that through action or through th- a certain way of sure. thinking, you know, yeah. how you can help other people make mm. that transition as well. Mm. Well, yeah, I mean, I think to be honest, those two elements that I spoke of really, for me at least, were the key. Um, excuse me, key components. Um, that first and foremost, being a part of a community that uh, speaks to, you know, speaks to who you are and affirms you, accepts you, uh, you know, loves you, encourages you, believes in you. Uh, you know, it might be a sports team, it might be a club, it might be, a, you know, whatever. Um, but I think it's important that we recognize that, you know, there is a belief in our culture that says if you're not doing well, just pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Uh, you know, just look at yourself in the mirror and say, stop being a loser. Uh, and that's going to do it. Um, and, you know, I mean, there's an element of some truth to that. Some people do work that way. Um, but even then, those people rise out of those communities that are pulling them down. They can't stay there forever. Um, they recognize that if I'm going to make something more of my life, I can't just be hanging out, you know, um, around people who don't work or who are involved in drug and alcohol abuse or whatever. Mm. And those things are natural for those who are in poverty. Or even if you're not like at the, at the ends of the socioeconomic spectrum, uh, just hanging around people who don't want to do anything with their lives, who have no desire or ambition or, or excitement, I suppose. It's probably a better metric, to be honest. Um, not excited about anything. That's quite fashionable. You know, if you, if you can't find what you're, you hear about, or you just get cynical. Uh, and you're like, oh, well, you know, no matter what a person talks about, it's like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, or if somebody tries something, we're quick to pull it down and say, oh, well, you did that the wrong way. But of course, they never come back with, this is a better way to do it. You should do it this way. It's just, oh, you just shouldn't do that. So just do nothing. Um, because that action challenges their inaction. And they're really just, it's a self-defense mechanism. So that's a long form way of saying that your community matters more maybe than you think. Mm. Um, and if you can acknowledge that, then you can start to say, well, where can I put myself that even if I'm around people who think differently, who have a different approach to life, mm. uh, you know, then that will start to have an effect on you. You'll start to hear different messages about what a life can achieve, what it can do, um, what you can do. And so that's important. I mean, like I said, for me, it really was, uh, you know, church involvement, which is ironic because in some ways church involvement can be the very thing that drags some people down. Like I want to acknowledge that, you know, some people would say I am who I am today because, you know, I, I saw the worst side of all that. And I have seen that as well. And to be honest, even today, I still see a bit of that every now and then. Mm. Um, but overwhelmingly my kind of return to that kind of community when I was about 21 was actually quite positive. Uh, and even though there were certain disillusionments and things still to work through, that had a powerful effect. Uh, so that was part one. Um, I started to get this just a broad sense of being affirmed for who I was and that, you know, people cared about cared about me and, and believed in me. Mm. Uh, but you don't need a lot of people to do that is probably the other thing to say to that. Like, I wouldn't say I've got a massive network of really close friends. I'd probably say there's maybe half a dozen to a dozen people. In fact, probably half a dozen is more truthful, if I'm honest, who, who know me more deeply. But that gives me enough, to be completely honest. Sure. Uh, I think if you start to say, I need 50 people to like me, um, not only is that impractical, uh, that's also a bit unsafe. Because generally speaking, to let 50 people into the deepest part of your life, mm. um, it's probably not a good <laughs> idea. Um, so, so that's that. 
and then beyond that as i said starting to build that sense of when i got that general sense of okay you know people believe in me and and uh you know my life has importance and meaning and you know i can go out there and do something in the world um to become aware that yeah convinced of that fact that yes my life has significance and meaning and purpose uh not just based on the things that i do um but just because you know my life was created that way Uh, my life was not an accident um to believe that your life is an accident is to make it meaningless by design uh you know you don't spill eggs on the floor and say oh i've just created a new recipe you go i've made a mess uh you know but you do it in a bowl you add certain ingredients and things like that and sure there's some creativity involved um so if i just say my life was a result of time plus matter plus chance it's very hard to draw meaning out of that you can tell yourself oh you just have to tell yourself you have meaning but in my in my experience you know from my perspective you can't have a lot of intellectual integrity by doing that Um, because the truth of it is if it is an accident then it's an accident uh that's you know uh, hard to have a longer term meaning and purpose to that some might disagree but that's that's how i felt so knowing that my life had significance and meaning and, and purpose as well and i guess starting to get that sense that that value that i have just for being me is not something that anyone can take away from me became really powerful um because if you believe that what a person thinks of you affects what you are worth when somebody thinks poorly of you or highly of you they control you completely mm. uh you know you either need their compliments or you need to prove their um criticism incorrect uh, as opposed to well it doesn't really care what they think um i am who i am and that is independent of what somebody else tells me you know um you know there's a balance of that maybe that's a topic for another time as well but i just think if you're looking to other people's reaction all the time uh that's why i said you maybe need like half a dozen close friends but not like you know 50 people who have the ability to influence that sure that'll that'll shape your confidence quite a lot Okay, so what I'm just as kind of summarized, I'm kind of seeing um, if, you know, for the person that's listening that's kind of feeling, you know, they're not confident, they're mm. insecure, yeah. um, and they want to move to a position of, of feeling like they have value and feeling confident and feeling like they have um, meaning. Mm. Um, you would say reach out to a better support group, a better network of friends, um, people that are, are going to affirm positive things in your life, things mm. like, you know, that you have value, that you have. Mm. significance and and then also this the second thing would be to um acknowledge the fact that you you have value outside of what you do Mm. um and not let other way other people define you you know Mm. become who you are Mm. so um those are very interesting yeah um what what, what, is there anything more you can add to that or yeah actually while you were saying that one point that i think is really important to speak to i read um man's search for meaning very recently which is written by um victor frankl which i'd highly recommend for anybody listening to this to to get a copy of uh he was a psychiatrist in germany a jewish guy in the 1940s and he got sent to auschwitz and uh as a psychiatrist uh he couldn't help but observe the fact that certain people handled the horrors of Auschwitz differently you know some people got there and they appeared big and strong and then they were you know dead within weeks and other people might have appeared uh, weaker physically but they uh, you know endured the horrors far far longer and so what was the difference and so the crux of his argument is that uh, what mankind needs more than anything to sustain himself is is a meaning and a purpose behind what he does 
Um, but he makes a very interesting distinction at one point. He said that you can end up quite miserable by looking at the world around you and saying, well, life owes me this, whatever it might be. After everything that I've been through, it's not fair. Life owes me whatever. And he said, really, to break through that is to find a meaning in it and to say, well, what does life still require from me? What is it around the world? Or what is it in the community around me, the, the group, friendship groups, whatever I have, um, that I can contribute that can be meaningful and impactful for other people. And he said, the moment you transcend that, uh, that sense of, you know, I have to be, you know, what the world owes me, and you more focus on what I can contribute. He said, mm. you'll actually find a greater measure of happiness and, uh, you know, satisfaction anyway. Um, I mean, he identified like in 1946 when he wrote the book, a worrying trend that he said, uh, particularly through like uh, the United States, that this pursuit of happiness as the number one thing to live for um, created a very um, introspective, selfish kind of person because the number one thing I'm looking for is to make myself happy. Whereas he said, well, look, the only way to achieve happiness is actually to transcend yourself, to get bigger than just you. Look at the world around you and say, what can I do that can make a difference here? And even if it's, even if it's only a little thing, like, you know, I can clean up my street, I can, uh, you know, um, whatever it might be looking for those opportunities, even broadly, independent of whatever gifts or abilities you might have. But then, of course, as you become more aware of what your gifts and abilities are, you can start to add that to the mix as well. Anyone who's focused more on the difference he can make rather than what the world owes them is going to live a happier, more successful life. And then, by extension, will also be more confident and, uh, and more secure in themselves as well. Mm. That's a very good point. So what you're saying is that... Um Focusing rather on what you what you lack and what you don't have. Focus on what you do have and what you can give. Mm, yeah, absolutely. So that kind of that kind of segues well into um, happiness and what you know. Where's you know, as you say, the the kind of the, the kind of ideal now is where is happiness? How can I find it for myself? Mm. And you're saying that's not the goal. Um, the goal is to look at what you can contribute. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, look, if I'm honest, this is not something I came to just purely by myself. <laughs> so it's not just, uh, you know, Andrew says, therefore. Um, I mean, again, I think, uh, you know, Frankel makes this point. He says, you know, happiness is something that must ensue. It has to follow from something. So it's not even that you can't be happy, because you can. Um, and the interesting thing is, if you look at children, uh, children are generally happy. Um, but they're not trying so desperately to be happy. But we are. As adults, right? Like we're desperately trying to be happy and we're medicated up to the eyeballs trying to be happy. Um, whereas these kids are just living their lives and doing what they do and they're not even thinking about it and they're happy. And of course, the older they get and the more self-aware and self-conscious they become, uh, it starts to drip away. I mean, why do you think teenagers get so like morose all of a sudden? The, the, the whole world is suddenly full of themselves and it bums you out, man. Like You can't live like that. We're not made to live like that. So anyone who's fallen into that state has just fallen into a state of, of self-obsession. Uh, and as soon as you can break out of that, you, you, know, you can find happiness outside of it. Notwithstanding, of course, yes, I do believe that there are biological causes for depression as well. Um, but in a culture like ours that places your happiness so much on external forces and said, you need to go and get these things. You can't be happy with what you've got right now. Uh, it's a little wonder we're so bummed out. Um, but if we were able to see past that and say, well, actually you could be happy right now if you wanted to, if you just were able to appreciate the moment you're in right now, accept the fact that even if you're only earning, you know, 50 grand a year, your, uh, standard of living 
is better than Rockefeller's mm. uh, at the start of the century. Uh, you know, you've got better transport, better education, better healthcare, uh, you know, better communications, everything. And he was the wealthiest man in the world at that time. So that's how far you've come in the Western world. So if you want to be miserable, you can. Uh, but if you want to be happier, you can too. Um, it's a, it is very much down to a mindset thing for most people in the Western world. So how do you go about changing that mindset? Because I, I find that uh, I really have to work to move away from uh, an mm. obsession of myself and yep. often you know i'm kind of drawn to the negatives in my own life like where i don't where i don't meet the mark or where mm. i let myself down according to my own standards yeah um and i kind of you know always tend to be drawn back into mm. myself and yep. looking at those things and, and being disappointed with myself well to be fair tim you're a magnificent topic to be uh you know obsessed with well true so. <laughs> But what, you know, Couldn't what, say it with what, a straight face. Sorry, carry on. Yep. What, what I'm asking is, you know, what what is something mm. people can do to take mm. the focus off themselves and cool. look at what they can contribute and what they can do? Um, one word on that would be gratitude. Um, I think that gratitude and entitlement are two um, forces that work. Uh, you know, I'm trying to think. There's, there's a flash word for it, but it's gone out of my head right now. Uh, but basically, you cannot be grateful and entitled at the same time. Um, and again, a lot of our, uh, you know, misery about where we're at is because we, these are the things we feel like we owe. These are the things I should have. I should have this and I should have this and I should be here and I should have whatever it might be. Um, but that is to say, look at all of your, look at all of your gifts, look at all of your background, look at everything that you have. What do other people of a similar background have? Uh, you should have that as well. I'm owed that. Um, these are things that I deserve. Whereas gratitude places you outside of that and actually starts to acknowledge that there's a lot of things about who you are that you had no control over. Uh, you know, you were born uh, in New Zealand. Three and a half million people, well, what is it, about four and a half now, right? It was like mm. three and a half when I was a kid, back in the day. Uh, but the chances of you being born in New Zealand with seven billion people in the world are just fractional. It's tiny, but here you are. You know, and you, you grew up in a country that has, you know, clean water and clean air and, and, you know, no more than like about an hour and a half drive to a beach anywhere in the country and, uh, you know, relatively stable government. You haven't had, we haven't had any civil wars. Uh, there's no major disease outbreaks. Um, all these kind of things, which are realities in other parts of the world. Mm. Uh, and then you step beyond that and say there's certain gifts and abilities that you've got as well that other people don't have. Um, I mean, we joked about it before, right? Mm. The fact that we can do public speaking um, without even thinking about it, most people think that's the worst thing in the world. So honestly, that causes gratitude in me. Like I, I couldn't tell you that that was a conscious choice that I made. You know, that's not a thing that I felt the world owed me. Uh, but for some reason, that's what I've got. So when I start to do that, I start to become grateful. Um, it also breaks me out of being trapped either in the past or in the future. Because you can only be grateful for what you've got right now. Sure. You know, I can't be grateful for what's coming tomorrow because until it arrives, you know, um, and I can't be grateful for what's gone. However, a lot of people live their lives either focused on what has been in the past. Uh, you know, if only I had had this or if only this hadn't happened or whatever, if only I'd met this person or not met this person or whatever it is, or they live in the future and say things will be great when, you know, insert circumstance here, you know, it'll be great when this thing happens. Um, both of those things will rob you out of the joy of the moment that you're in. Um, and that's really all any of us have got. You know, moment to moment, this is, this is how we all live. Um, but some people, although they're alive right now, their heads are either in the things that happened to them in the past, 
uh, or in the things that are going to be in the future. Um, and something I've learned is that even the beauty around us is just a reward for the present-minded. Uh, you, you you'll appreciate a sunset or a sunrise or a, you know or the, the the beach or trees or you know whatever it is that you know the faces of your 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 family members all that kind of stuff mm. so much more if you're in that moment with them but if you're thinking about mortgage payments or university degrees or you know that new house that you want to buy or whatever you can't appreciate it as much so gratitude is an incredibly powerful force that draws everything into right now and breaks you out of what you feel you're entitled to. Um, and then out of that, you can start to see what you have. A lot of people don't move on with their lives. They feel trapped and frustrated because it's like, oh, I can't do it because I don't have whatever. But being present-minded on account of that gratefulness means you can start to go, well, actually, I do have this and I do have that. And I've got this skill, this ability, this friendship, this contact, uh, this experience. Mm. Um, I can draw from that. And then life is abundant, which it always was, but you just couldn't see it. Didn't have that perspective. Yeah, exactly. I think... I think it, it's more difficult if in the present there are, you know, you have, you know, greater problems. Like, you know, for some someone in this present moment, say they mm. have a disease or, you know, uh-huh. um, or they're living in extreme poverty and mm. they're starving. Or, yeah, that's a good point. Um, or, yep. you know, their, their family members are or, you know, whatever it might be. Mm. How do you get from that point in the present where you can be grateful um, mm. without letting the, the, the things that are pulling you back into yourself really... Mm the loud voices of what you should have and and where you've let yourself down how, how, how do mm. you how do you kind of still those voices and focus on the things that you can be grateful for mm. that's a really good question is it a meditative process or yeah well i mean there is something to be said for thought processes that we all get trapped on right um i mean the, the important thing for me is to understand that really it's not the things that have happened to us that are the issue it's what we believe they say about us and that's the problem you know things contrary to what a lot of people believe uh you know i have i have learned that things don't affect how i feel it's what i think about those things that affects how i feel mm. um that might seem like a funny little distinction um, but i'll give you an example it was pretty silly from the other day i was at a cafe and uh there was this um, table of four seats and i like having space at cafes right so i'm sitting there and i'm looking across and this girl has taken this one seat you know she's got the seat next to her with her bags and stuff and then on the table she's got you know her things spread out in front of her so this one person has taken all these four seats and my immediate reaction was to look at her and be like a little bit like you know wasn't a positive wasn't a positive emotion that i had right uh but then suddenly in that moment i realized the only reason i was really upset was because actually that's something that i like to do (laughs) now she was doing it i couldn't um my point in that is to say this though that not everybody who looked at her felt that same thing not everybody who saw this person you know if if what somebody else does causes how i feel we'd all feel the same thing every time we looked at the, looked at stuff around us sure. experienced things around us so to me that proves the fact that it was really it was my own thinking about that that made me feel that way mm-hmm. i wanted to do that i couldn't do it i felt stink towards that person somebody else might not have even seen it might not have even thought anything and therefore felt anything about it mm-hmm. so you know when we're coming back to these situations where we're saying you know how can we then um you know how can we be happy in these situations where we're struggling or you know facing things like you know disease and and, and challenge and that kind of stuff as well um that's a very honest question um and i think answering questions of of suffering um are very powerful um what i think particularly where suffering is involved is that it doesn't 
undermine the value of the individual who is suffering. And that's what we often feel, that if I am suffering, if I'm going through something difficult, what does that say about me? How can I, you know, how can my life have any meaning or purpose or significance in this suffering that I'm going through? Uh, and again, that, that to me points to the, the, the significance of a, of a spiritual dimension to this life. Because if you are sick in particular, and your bodily functions are not what they were, your capacity is diminishing and therefore your worth is diminishing. That's what we feel. That's why we struggle. Sure. But if that is not the case, you know, if your life has meaning and purpose beyond that, yes, we can suffer, uh, but we can suffer in such a way that we can become better people through that. And that really is an attitude to suffering that has existed for, for generations, but it's been lost probably more in the Western world because we see happiness as the ultimate goal. So anything that gets in the way of my happiness is the worst thing that you could possibly imagine because being happy is the best thing. So if I'm not happy... Well, this thing that I'm going through right now, I have to get rid of. Mm. But really, if life is more about what I can add to other people, even if I'm suffering, if I'm in my hospital bed, but there's a person next to me in that room, I can think, well, what can life demand from me right now? What can I give to this other person next to me? Now, the funny thing is we would all agree that that is the kind of society we would love to live in, that no matter what we are doing, what we're going through, if everyone was mindful of everybody else, we'd actually all be better. Yeah, definitely. But the truth is when we're all in those moments, we don't do it, and so we're all worse for it. We focus on ourselves yeah. and what we lack. Yeah. Mm. Some things to think about there for our <laughs> listeners. Dropping the DNM bombs on a, what is it? I was going to say Friday. What are we, Thursday That's afternoon? That's literally the middle of the week. Oh, so, good Lord. Don't well, know where we got Friday from. Yeah, no, I don't know. Maybe in my mind it's just, you know, living in the future. That's what I was talking about. Well, I think that's a pretty good start. Yep. All right. Um, what we'll do is we'll, I'll post this up yep. so uh, the audience can <laughs> can listen. And uh, yeah, if you've got any questions on what was said today or you want elaboration on things, we'll um, do a follow-up episode where we mm. tackle the questions that um, we'll put forward from yep. this episode. Or if you want to hear more about certain things that were mentioned, mm. um, yeah, hit us up. Uh, I'll put the contact details below <laughs> wherever this goes and um i think yeah. we need to acknowledge that it's mildly terrifying doing something like that at this point he goes so what do you think oh like, it'll be right it'll no be we'll be right. fine we'll be right don't don't ask silly questions no, oh, no I, don't, Any, I don't mind like do what you want like anything you hear that you think oh, i'd like clarification on that then yeah just hit us up and we'll uh, we'll get to it in the next episode peace yo see you later <laughs>